Balotelli. Aguero! I swear you'll never see anything like this ever again. Gavin keeps it. Skill on goal. Look at that pass. Hayden! Goal! Columbus! There are things on here for the USA. Can they do it here? Cross and Dempsey is denied again. And Donovan has scored! Oh, can you believe this? Go, go, USA! This is the beautiful game. Oh, it's incredible! Described by two uglies. Stupendous! Welcome to Bone and Beam United. This is a thing of genius. Happy Soccer Podcast Day. What is up? I am Bone. And I am Beam. Oh, man. Lots to talk about this week on the podcast. We have got the European finals all over euro 2020 slash 2021 slash i don't know whatever year it's supposed to be yep doesn't matter yep does not matter we will talk about that uh we've also got plenty to get into with the crew uh and little discussion maybe about the gold cup do we care about the gold cup we'll uh break all that down as big we game go forward. tonight by the way against yeah. the world superpower of martinique Mm-hmm. that's right yeah absolutely can't wait for that so uh also the sky Lionel messi not coming to MLS. Breaking Damn news. it. Not coming to MLS. I know there were some people that genuinely thought he might. Well, I but, thought he was uh, coming to Columbus, but we'll get into that. Well, later. you know, yeah. we, Yeah. Going to need some help because mm-hmm. uh, depleted roster. And that's where we start today with the hell is real matchup from last week. Uh, Columbus and Cincinnati tie two to two. KFC, Kentucky FC, as I like to call them, had a great start to that game. We talked about it last week on the podcast. If you're ever going to get the crew, now's the time to do it because they're missing 11 guys. You've got a bunch of people out for injuries, international duty, and they score a goal in the first minute. One of the quickest goals in MLS history for Edgar Castillo, and they're on the board, and that place was rocking at the tickle. you're saying, oh, shit. Like I, you were debating whether yeah, or not we're going to do it. Or not. I was debating it. I just decided, you know what? We're going to go all in on it. That's yeah. right. I, yeah, go. That's exactly right. So then, yeah, that was not the ideal start there. There, I, I can't imagine. I went down to Nippert uh, the last time there was a hell is real in Cincinnati before this one. And that was my big fear going down. It's like, what if they get a goal in the first couple minutes and then it's just a miserable trip and we did all this driving and hanging out for the game, and then they're just going to yell at us the whole time. I don't want that. So I felt for the Noron Tour people. And then they get a second goal. Uh, Lucha Acosta gets one in the 24th minute. So I'm sitting there watching this thinking, all right, this is this is just going to be their day. They're just going to get this. We kind of thought it could be possible because of the fact of all the injuries. So I was about to give up on the game. Mm-hmm. And then Harry took a red card, and I said, okay. All right, well, I'm definitely going to give up on the second, game now. I, second yellow card but still yeah. yeah took a red and he's out and i thought well that's it we're done this see you later bye-bye but lucas zellerion is the man he continues to be as good as advertised he got a goal back right before halftime and then in the second half they just hung around and cincinnati couldn't find that third goal and miguel barry came in and was able to find one himself got on the board tied it up in the 77th minute and boy, the tickle was quiet, my friend. It was quiet down there in Cincinnati, except for all the crew fans who I was thrilled to get to see them at least get to see a point come out of this match. But 
overall, what'd you think, Beamer, of this uh, this whole ordeal here? Well, I was you were dead from Jump Street, right? I mean, first minute, you know, you score a goal. Obviously, a very precarious start to say the least for the crew. Uh, you go a man down, you give up a second goal. Okay, then game over. Like that's going to be the result. You're going to be done. Uh, we talked about this on last week's show, and I think it's important to bring it up again. In big moments and big games, this team seems to be as resilient as ever. And that's exactly what this team showed. The heart of this team, Bone, to go a man down, two goals down. Uh, Lucas Elleron obviously getting that one before halftime, which was a, kind of a weird goal, by the way. I mean, unbelievable shot. Oh, it looked yeah. like the goalie had absolutely no clue uh, that the ball was coming towards him. Didn't even make an effort. It didn't even look like he froze him. It just, I don't know if he lost track of the ball or necessarily what happened, but this team continues to show you bone, even though they're a far cry from the form that they were in last year in the lead up to MLS cup and through the playoffs, uh, this team still shows that resiliency and they still have that backbone. And I think it's incredibly impressive for the crew to do this. Obviously the crew supporters down uh, who made the trip down to Cincinnati were as loud as ever on the broadcast weekly neighbor, Eric update went, yeah. to, went to the game and he said the crew fans were absolutely drowning out the FC Cincinnati fans, which was, I mean, you could hear it on the broadcast as well. Mm-hmm. Said he had a yeah. great game. He said it was a little stale, the stadium. I said that he preferred, obviously, the Death Star uh, right here, lower.com field. But no, it was it was pretty amazing, man. It was, like you said, dead to rights. I mean, you're dead to rights. You have absolutely no business coming back and getting a goal in that game, letting alone two and then continuing to have a draw. But the backbone of, and the resiliency of this team just continues to be astounding. Yeah, it really does. And I think that's the the part I take away from this whole game is that it's I, I've seen this team now more than a couple times where we thought, okay, this is bad. They they are not off to a good start. Defending right now is not uh the crew's strong suit. They Neither are scoring, they're not so that's great. No, they're not good defensively. But you know what I'll tell you, in the last two games they found four goals with you know, not as much help as you would have liked, especially in this game, you know, offensively, because some of your weapons are out. But the reality is, I don't like what's going on defensively right now for the crew. And that is reasonable for fans to be mad about. But the way I look at this is, you're, you've got something with this team where they don't give up on games. They are not out of any game. And I think that's a really important trait to have come playoff time. And that's what the crew are going to have, man. They're not going to be a one seed. They're not going to win the supporters' shield. Yeah, it's going to be a battle. Right, but that doesn't mean you can't still get to a third or fourth seed, and it doesn't mean in the playoffs you can't have those moments where you need someone to come up and be clutch and be big. And I'll tell you, if they can, you know, just getting these ties, I know Cincinnati sucks. I know they're not any good, right? But they are an improved roster. Like, they've, they've added talent to that team. I still don't think it's a finished product for them. But they had been playing well coming into this game. So the crew were decimated with injuries and call-ups. And, and Cincinnati's flying high. They're playing at home. All of that. And, and the start they got off to. I'm not happy with a 2-2 tie normally playing against Cincinnati. But given the situation and then how the game actually went, I'm pretty thrilled with it. Well, let, and, me, uh, let me ask you this. If it would have been reverse, you would have been just had your soul crushed, right? I mean, if the crew would have gone course. down there and scored in the first minute... If FC Cincinnati would have gotten a red card, you would have scored another goal, or I guess opposite way around. You score the second goal, then the red card happens. And then they pull that thing back in their home stadium. You're walking away with a totally different mentality. But since the shoe was on the other foot there, you are feeling unbelievable about this game, walking with your heads held high, knowing that you achieved something. Yeah, and when it comes down to brass tacks and we get towards the end of the season, 
it's a point you could look at and be super proud of. Yeah, that's well, you're exactly right. But I'll even say in that scenario you presented, if it was the crew got up two to nothing, got the man set off for the, for FC Cincinnati, and then in the second half, their crowd, you know, they're at home. It's it's they're trying to defend their turf, and their crowd willed them back into that game, and they found their way and got a couple goals. Okay. I could even see, well, that would suck because we should have gotten three points in the way the game was played. But I could even see in that situation as a crew fan saying, yep, but we were missing some guys and it sucks they couldn't see that one through, but that was at home. Like the crew had no advantages, none going into this situation. They weren't at home. They weren't the team that had been playing particularly well coming into this game. And yet they found a way, you know, and, and that's that's what I'm excited about, I guess, is that. This team seems like they've found a way. And, and you know who else was excited about it was Caleb Porter. Oh, yeah. Man, after the game, he lit them on fire, and I am here for it after the game. I, Caleb like, Porter. Petty, I like petty Caleb Porter. Dude, he is. He is. I'm calling him Coach Shithouse because that's just what he is, man. He, he, he does not mind taking it right to you. He said this after the game, quote, they have to be devastated over there in that other locker room. How can you be up two to nothing and up a man and not win the game? <laughs> I love how he basically just said, I don't know how they didn't beat us. They really should have. Kinda Man, what a team didn't. that they have over there. Unbelievable first 45 minutes for them. Oh, oh well, you blew it away. You kind of suck. Like, amazing. Yeah. yeah, absolutely hilarious. So, um, uh, Patrick Murphy did some deep dives, our buddy, mm -hmm. uh, about the hell is real thing. And, Known and insurrectionist, Pat Murphy, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Take I don't know where we had him on the show one time and our former co-host Anthony Schlegel would always ask someone about their family tree if you're related to I don't know, oh, a person that shares okay. the same name with you. And he asked Pat Murphy one time if he was uh, related to a British British insurrectionist. Okay. And Pat said yes. So we have just evolved <laughs> into Pat Murphy being a Manchester United fan. Oh, good. And now he was in charge of the pitch storming that happened a few months mm. ago. And he's the lead singer of the Dropkick Murphys as well. So. <laughs> That's that's where we've gotten with that's that. That's good. He's also really big on Free Britney. Yeah. I know that from experience. He's <laughs> yes, a huge he Free Britney mm -hmm. guy and, and let him live. No, but he had a little uh, note here that because after the game, Caleb Porter said, I don't think anyone in MLS history has gone down two goals and then lost a player and come back to tie it or or anything like that. Yeah, get a, some happened. sort of a result. Well, he's not technically correct, but it is pretty rare. Um, so there were... Uh, in all of these cases, there were times where uh, this happened, and in every case, it ended up with a draw that someone was able to get back. No one ever got back and got a victory. Um, but DC Toronto last year in July of 2020, that was a situation where uh, this same thing occurred, and a draw happened. New York, Chicago, NYC, FC, I should say, and the fire in 2015, RSL in New England in 2011, RSL again. Uh, in 2005 against the Metro Stars, which became Red Bull, and San Jose and New England in 2004. So it's happened a few times, uh, but still, pretty pretty interesting. Um, no team has been in that scenario and actually won a game, but very rare what the crew did. Um, I'd prefer them not give up, you know, two goals to start. And get a red card. Yeah, two, yeah, two games nice. in a row where they've done that, but yeah, overall, uh, we'll take we'll take the point and move on from there where do you see this team going I mean I know that we've got gold cup and we'll get into that with a little bit and you know the roster is a little depleted between that uh national call-ups and injuries uh, what do you see right now for this summer bone before we kind of hit the fall home stretch here 
Um, I'm I'm expecting this team to survive July. Just you know, hang on, do what they can, scratch and claw, getting point as opposed to points out of games. And then August, I think, is where they're going to have to bring their A game, and they're going to have to start that progression into September because usually September is where you will see the the best teams start to really make noise. That is where MLS typically you see summer months kind of take it out of everyone. It's a grind. This is why I've been telling people who are freaking out about everything. Oh, the crew can't defend. The crew can't do this. It can't score. Yeah, there's been some problems. It's also been a really weird season where they're playing in two different stadiums. There's a lot of obligations that come with, you know, when you open a new stadium. I'm just saying there's a lot of distractions and you're the defending champs. The grind is the summer. We will find out how good this team is come the end of August if they have, you know, managed to kind of work themselves into playoff position and hold it. And then September, I expect them to play like the team they are capable of being. If in September you're seeing them give up dumb goals early in games, getting down early, then I'm a little more concerned. But I don't think you're going to see that in September. I think you will see this team get back and get right once everyone gets back from the Gold Cup and is able to get back from some injuries too. But yeah, they got to figure out at center back right now. It's it's bad when Josh Williams isn't in there. Vito Vermhor, God bless him. I don't think he's doing the job right now. Uh, it's not been great from him. They have had some adventures at outside back as well. So yeah, got to shore up the defending. Jonathan Mentz is still a rock. Mm-hmm. Um, and when Josh is in there, he's good. But I might want to see Abubakar Keita get some more run because I've I've always liked his game. I think he's great distributing the ball out of the back, a really good passer, and I think he's a solid defender. But I don't know. Hopefully they'll give a, a, someone else a chance there for a little bit just to see what happens. I think, you know, you're just looking at this team. Uh, you're always trying to get into your best form towards the end of the season as the playoffs come into hand. So uh, what you said, Bone, you know, several months, you just kind of you got to grind through it. You <laughs> know, I mean – and that's why I think it's so important for crew fans to continually show up. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, you're going to go down to, uh, you know, the LDC, as we like to call it, the Death Star, lower.com field, and support this team all throughout the summer. But you're right. I mean, they have, they have some big problems, but they continue to not string together a bunch of losses, which I think is incredibly impressive. So get through the summer months, get your guys back, round into form as we kind of head towards home of the MLS season. And then it's a crapshoot, as you know. So I think yeah. this team, it's obviously not the best situation that they find themselves in, but I think it's better than you anticipated probably three, four weeks ago. Yeah. And, and here, here's the other thing too. They're about to enter a stretch now where they're going to have six games in 20 days, mm-hmm. um, between Tough. July 17th and August 7th. They play New York city twice in that stretch. They play Nashville, Atlanta, DC. All right. Sorry. Atlanta twice too in that stretch. So they're they got they've got some work to do. That's where I say it's going to be a grind. And if they can come out of the next six games with at least I'm going to say I'd like to see them get two victories and points in all the other games, then I'm I'm happy with that right now. That's like that's what I'm talking about. Just treading water. But then you got middle of August. Chicago is on the road. New York on the road. Then you get <laughs> the team that's been the best team in the league, Seattle. And then you get hell is real again at the end of August. Like we're going to know, I think towards the end of August, what this team really is, um, which by the way, I will just want to add real quick. This has been floating around on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not come up with this idea. I think it's great though. Crew fans who have been saying, let's not vote for our guys to go to the MLS all-star game. <laughs> I love it. Beamer. I hate the MLS all-star game with a passion. I have never liked it. It 
I don't need an all-star game in soccer. I know that I know I'm not the target audience for it, but I don't want I don't like it when my guys go to play for the US national team. That's sure. how that's how team first I am and like club over country, all that stuff. I don't want to see them go play for the honor of MLS and Don Garber. Are you kidding me? But the idea was don't vote for crew players, vote for FC Cincinnati players. And I, I think it's idea. genius. Actually, yes. vote the FC Cincinnati players into MLS All-Star game. They'll all be shocked. They're not going to know why they're there. They're going to be thrilled. They're going to totally take their mind off things. And then two days later, they play Hell is Real again. <laughs> they'll kick their ass. Love it. I think it's awesome. So, I do too. I think it's a. Uh, I think it's a brilliant idea. What crew fans have come up with. So get on the voting. Vote, vote yeah. FC Cincinnati. Yep, that's exactly right. Um, all right, let's talk about it. Italy. They win the Euros. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was quite a battle between those two teams, Italy and England. I thought England was going to pull away in that game, but as you find out, Italy still, even though they've changed a a lot over the years, they still find a way to defend in big moments and they did countless times find a way to stifle the England attack and eventually get back into the game. Tied it up. It goes to penalties. Italy took advantage. Your thoughts, Beamer, on that game? I think the game itself, England obviously came out on the strong foot, you know, at Wembley, first cup final since 66 in the World Cup. I mean, you know, they had been through so much in this tournament and the pre-tournament, I don't know necessarily know if they were the pre-tournament favorites, but the the stars aligned. They were up there. The yeah. stars aligned for England in this tournament, right? I mean, they really did. You had to play one game outside of Wembley the entire run up. And so you're feeling great. After you, after you slayed the Giants and slayed your arch nemesis in Germany, like all the doors opened up wide for you. And so with Harry Kane missing the penalty and then making in the semifinal game and then getting to the final against Italy, scoring early in the game against Italy and not being able to control the lead, I thought the game itself played out about how I saw it, Bone. I thought England was going to come out on the strong foot. I think they obviously did that. And then both teams kind of settled in, and it's been the storyline of the entire in the entire tournament. I mean, Italy was so damn resilient. I mean, this entire time they're one of the best teams in the world Roberto Mancini and what he is doing and how he's able to pull the right strings at the right times for this team it was pretty unbelievable and so again you go in you know 90th minute okay you're going to extra time thought for sure England would be spurred on by their fans at the end there Italy was controlling it the entire time and it was kind of the exact opposite of what we saw in the game against Spain you know, because Italy just looked shocked. They looked like they were the worst team, like they had no legs left, no gas left in the tank. And so I thought really the last 30 minutes, I mean, Italy was doing pretty well. England, of course, a couple of chances as well as you get uh, into extra time. The game kind of played out how I how I thought. It was a tactical battle. I thought it was great uh, from both sides. And then again, you get into penalties and you don't know what happened. The crazy thing is that Jordan Pickford did his job. You know, I mean, like you go into any penalty shootout, I don't care if you're playing in high school playoffs, you're playing college, you're playing semi-pro, you're playing professionally or in one of these biggest tournaments in the world. You save two penalties in a penalty shootout or a miss and a save, you're expecting to win that game. And Pickford did his job. He was great the entire time. But hey, man, it just it sucks. This is the way that the world works. It sucks that Marcus Rashford hit the left post. It sucks that Sancho's penalty was saved. It sucks that Saka's penalty was saved. It's great for the Italians. But you go into any game expecting to stop two penalties and you have that lead going in there. It was rather on brand for England. It was. um, And I think that, you know, there have been I've seen this narrative popping up, too, which we should pause there real quick. 
any of the racist, horrible, bile that was directed yeah. to those players. Every yes, terrible. It's awful. I just pointed out only to say people will sometimes ask why is it made a big deal about stomping out racism in soccer or in any sport? It's like that doesn't exist anymore. Look no further than what you just saw this week. Of mm-hmm. course it does. So terrible, awful, and no player deserves that. Uh, certainly none of the England players do. It's just just horrible all around. So yeah, we stand against all that. Um, I want to point out that Donnarumma, when he makes the save, oh, when he makes the yeah. final save and just gets up and is just like, yeah, I saved it. What do you did you hear why he did that? No. Why was the reason? He for that? literally didn't know what the score of penalties was. He didn't know that they'd won the game. <laughs> How stone cold can you be? That's what you had, he dude. literally he got up there and he started seeing the players run towards him. He's like, what did we just do? Like he, did, he had no clue what the I score thought was. it. Dude, I had no idea. I thought it was just him being a badass and like, yeah, I no, saved it. no oh, clue what won. the score was. That's incredible. That is incredible. But you know what, though? I guess that makes sense that this is how you go into that shootout, right? Is I don't care how many I've got to stop. I'm just going to do have my to job. Stop them. Yeah. I know that if I stop enough of these, eventually they'll tell me it's over. So, yeah, that's I don't need to pay attention to when it's over. I'm just going to stop the next one that comes up. I don't care what it matters. That's pretty epic. Um I wanted to throw in too, like I know this is not breaking news that Kiesa is good, but yeah, he's a man. Oh my gosh, he's a man. He was he's he was fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, just that whole Italy team, man. They they banded together. They found a way. I enjoyed I enjoyed every second of that game. I I thought it was really well played. Obviously, I know for the England fans, they're heartbroken, but I picked Italy to win before the game. Hey, and me too. I Bone. was <laughs> sipping a few Peronis, mm-hmm. and I might have one right now. Oh, just, mm, oh, it's mm, delicious. Mm. Mm. I'll tell you what, I don't know what it is. I didn't always feel this way, but a green bottle, it, it it's bad for beer because it can skunk it. But a green bottle elevates my beer for some reason. I don't know why. I, so I, I've told you this, that Meredith's brother, my wife's brother works for Heineken. And so it's pretty amazing because he gets like a magic credit card every month that he has to spend, you know, towards yes. Heineken products. So they own Lagunitas and a bunch of different breweries now. Uh, but I tell you what, man, my summer beer of choice I have, and it's not a green bottle, but yeah. I've gone, I've hopped on the red stripe train. Like oh, I'm, red stripe's I'm, I'm good, all yeah. in on the red stripe train. Like I Love tried a good it, red stripe, you know, before, you know, I'm not going to condone this to anybody, but, uh, <laughs> before I turned 21, I had a red stripe. I'm like, Oh, this is disgusting. This is the most disgusting beer in the world. And then I found out, I'm like, Oh, it's like actually like a nice crisp beer. Like I'm all in on that. And I think Heineken's are great too. Like a good Peroni. Like I'm all in, I'm all in as well with you bone on the, on, on the Heineken train. Yeah, I'm in. Your tastes have elevated a little bit. Yeah, that's a little what bit. it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm just telling you, I've, I have moved a little bit into that where nothing, and I love craft beer. Yeah, I would drink craft beer all the time, but it is fun when you go to a store now and they'll have like the import section, and yeah. it's like, oh right, that was craft beer before craft beer, mm-hmm. where people were like, oh, you're drinking a Budweiser? No, I, I drink a Heineken. Mm-hmm. I am cultured, and now. It's like, oh, you're drinking a Heineken. I'm drinking a banana fruit loop, slightly <laughs> double weeded <laughs> yeah. grass ale. And it's like, all right, well, good. That's, I'm sure that's good too. And I, there's a time right. and a place for everything. I love going to a brewery and drinking it straight from the tap. Mm-hmm. I love trying all the different flavors. I enjoy craft beer a lot. I have found sometimes that my six pack selections, you know, it's very hit or miss when you go craft beer and you go, yeah, I'm going to try this sixer. And then you get one, you go, yeah, Oof, eh. that was a mistake. Like That's I'm not- going to, I'm going to drink these. I may not yeah. enjoy it though. Yeah. I'm going to force gonna, myself. Yeah, I'm going to get them down my gullet. Don't you worry about that. Yeah. 
yeah, the Peronis were flowing watching Italy, though. And again, I, I think that's this is the way I would say anybody who's trying to get a friend of yours into soccer, mm-hmm. just give them like some kind of beer and tell them there's a story connected to the soccer team. They'll feel much better about that. And I'm not saying you even have to tell the truth on that. Lie about it. This beer it's Manchester United's favorite beer. There you go. <laughs> like, just hand it to them. Course, yeah, that's Coors right. Light, the official beer of Manchester United. <laughs> <laughs> what would that? Yeah, what would it be? I guess we'd have to figure that. I out. have, I have, I have no idea. Buddha yeah. beer. I, by the way, if you if you had the Buddha beer, no, oh, what it's amazing. That? It's a green bottle, and um, it comes from overseas, and it's literally a bottle that is in the shape of Buddha, and it is unbelievable. Is you gotta, you gotta try them. They're pretty unbelievable. All right. I mean, I don't. Yeah. Oh, I see. Lucky Buddha beer. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, they're I'm, great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a nice, I'm, easy well, drinker too. I mean, it's. I'll be, I'll be looking for those. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you for the heads up on that. Mm -hmm. We'll take a break. When we come back, maybe more beer discussion, but also we'll talk about Lionel Messi. Scared to come to MLS is what I heard. Also, does the Gold Cup matter? We'll get into that next. Man man and bone. Yes. (laughs) I knew it was going to happen at some point. It was bound to happen at some point, Bone. Leave it in. Bone and Beam United. Welcome back to Bone and Beam United. Man and Bone on the fan. I think that's the show. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so Lionel Messi, scared to come to MLS. Scared to be great. Re- yeah, scared to be great. That's exactly it. Ran back to the safety net of Barcelona, <laughs> a little piddly club in Spain, I mm-hmm. guess. Anyway, five-year deal now, sources have confirmed. So he has accepted a significant wage reduction to prolong his stay. And of course, I'm sure some people read that as like, oh, wow. Taking less to stay at Barcelona. <laughs> well, it's when you were making $600 million mm-hmm. over four years, I think, yeah, slight wage reduction, even half of that is still pretty ridiculous money. Um, yeah, his previous contract was $594 million over six years. I do believe he will be okay financially. Uh, apparently was courted by PSG and Manchester City, as we had heard for many months, but I guess you've got to be a little happy about that, right? That Manchester City didn't end up with Lionel Messi. Oh, thrilled. I'm over the moon about it. I want no part of Lionel Messi in the Premier League. Like, I'm good. Pass. Yeah, unless he's coming for your team, but he's not. I've always had the theory, though. I would be, I don't know, maybe in an alternate, like, Loki multiverse, you know, off the timeline bone. Like, if we're living in a different world, I would, I was always anxious to see if Lionel Messi could compete or thrive, I guess, in the Premier League. Because it's such a different league than anything we have. I know it's physical over in Germany. It's just a totally different style of game week in, week out. And I've always wondered what he would look like in that league. Because we know the Premier League is so physical and so demanding, of course, with their schedules. Uh, And I was always kind of looking forward to that. Now, I guess, you know, we're going to have to wait, you know, and see an entire different lifetime what's going to happen with Lionel Messi. But I do wonder about Messi in the Premier League just from that standpoint of, you know, I don't I don't know what he would have done, but I guess now we'll never find out. Maybe it's for the better because at least we can measure him by the same measuring stick. We've kind of always measured him, you know, professionally sure. in the in the club side of things. So we if if he were to go to the Premier League next year, unless Shea was just terrible, then well, it would be would blamed be- on his age. Right. Would that be because he sucks and is no longer any good? Would it be because the Premier League was just always that much better than the competition he was facing week in, week out in Spain. And then would that throw his whole career into question? Now, at least we could see, like, if he comes out next year and sucks, we can go, oh, well, that is definitely because of 
age, miles, now he's only whatever. making $75 million a year compared to 150. <laughs> yeah. How will he survive on that piddly amount? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think, I think in some ways it's good that that happened. Um, yeah. It would have been interesting to see him in the Premier League, but I don't think it's the end of the world. And I'm sure for your sake, you would be very thrilled not to see him going up against Manchester United. Yeah, I think it would so. be thrilling to see him with Pep. I mean, back there in City and to see what they accomplish. I mean, uh, don't get me wrong with that. I also think it would be fascinating to see him at PSG playing alongside Kylian Mbappe and his former teammate uh, in Neymar. But when you think of Lionel Messi, Bone, you think of Barcelona. And I think it's best for both parties. Obviously, they went through the mud in this, and it was a very public dispute uh, that they were having. And I was reading something that Barcelona did actually offer him part ownership of Barcelona. So they kind of went the MLS route as well yeah. uh, if he re-signed this deal. So I'm not exactly sure of that, you know, kind of little uh, off branch here of this contract renewal, but I think it's great for both parties involved. Lionel Messi is going to be at Barcelona his entire life and he's going to retire off of the sunset, perhaps the greatest player the world has ever seen. So I think it was good for both parties, but he was scared to be great and come over uh, to MLS and have to travel to places like Ohio, as Steven Gerrard once put it. That's that's exactly right. Um, all right, let's talk about the Gold Cup because uh, you already had the U.S. Men's National Hey, by team. the way, aside, congratulations to him for winning his first major international tournament, the Copa America oh, in yeah. Brazil. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing at 34. It finally happened for him. So, And he right, missed an opportunity with like six minutes left. I know. It was so bad. I'm like, oh, no, but... Like Brazil is going to score and this is going to be all that we see for the summertime, but they got it done. So congrats yeah. to them. By the way, we had people after I tweeted out the show link last yeah. week, they were like, mm-hmm. Hey, don't forget about the gold cup. Don't forget about Copa America. It's like, well, I'm telling you what we did talk about on the show, not what we didn't talk about. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what to tell you. We didn't talk about those things, but there you go. I wish I would have talked more about the Copa America. I have to be completely honest with you. I didn't have a lot of time to watch a ton of Copa America, so I didn't feel comfortable talking about it. I'm not going to tell you that I'm watching something that I'm not. I love the Copa America. I think it's great. I also have three kids and a wife and a dog and didn't get to the point where I could sit down and watch. Sounds like you're making a ton of that. Ton, you could drink Peroni making, and watch right. Italy hoist the Euros, but you can <laughs> make time to drink some matcha. I watched and the Euros. Watch Argentina win. Man. You know why? Excuses, those excuses. Are, those are on the middle of the day. If. When it gets to evening time, it's bedtime for everybody. And I, that's why I, that's part hey, of why I was preaching to the choir there. Yeah. NBA I, finals, I've watched four minutes of them. I know it's hard because all my kids, I'm trying to put them to bed, be a good dad, and then get done with that. And I'm like, I got to pass out. I'm tired. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do have Martinique taking on the U.S. after the U.S. already beat Haiti one to nothing. Underwhelming. Uh, underwhelming. Underwhelming for sure. Yes. Uh, here's why I say, do we care about the Gold Cup? Mm-hmm. Because you know what this roster is. This is largely an MLS-based roster. Uh, Jossie Zardes, I care about. I hope he does well, right? But, you know, by and large, this is a this is a U.S. or an MLS-based roster for the most part. This is not the team you're going to be seeing at the World Cup. You might find some ideas, some players. Everything, for me, gears up towards next year's World Cup. That's what I'm truly concerned about, and obviously the qualifying for that. So that is, to me, of slightly more interest and, and that is why watching this Gold Cup, I partially can't get behind it. I can't get too excited about it. I do want the U.S. to win, obviously, but we know this is going to come down to a couple of matches between the U.S. and Mexico, mm-hmm. presumably at some point. Um, we'll see who they draw once they get out of this round. But yeah, don't lose to Martinique tonight. That would suck if you do. And if you're listening to this and they have lost to Martinique. Well, that well, sucked and they did. Yeah. Sunday they play Canada. That'll be the 
premier match, and I'm sure Canada will be ready to go for that, but the U.S. should be able to handle their business there too. After that, yeah, then it gets a little more intriguing. Uh, the quarterfinals are Saturday, July 24th and 25th. Then you've got semifinals July 29th and the final on August 1st. And I got to be honest, if it meant, I'll ask you, Beamer, because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm way too far down this road. If it meant Jossie Zardes comes back and they were to not even make it to the quarterfinals, but the crew get him back like two weeks early, I'd probably take that. I don't I'm care. I don't, I don't really care about the Gold Cup. Be honest yeah, with you. I, on. I, I mean, listen, I think it's I great. care about it that it's soccer. And if there's soccer on, I want to watch it. But is it? And yeah, if the U.S. loses to Martinique or some of these countries, it would be a bit problematic. I would be concerned a bit. But I also know 90% of this roster is not going to be the World Cup roster. Well, and I think that's the big point. I mean, the 10% of the guys who make it from the Gold Cup up to the Cup qualifying and then through those stages and then ultimately to the 2022 World Cup and Qatar, uh, you know, look at the, looking at roster turnover, how likely are these guys going to be playing in that roster? So it's it's an entirely different. I mean, national pride is always one thing, Bone. Uh, but when you get to the World Cup, it's obviously a bigger stage. Uh, I just, I find myself hard-pressed to get interested in these games. And also on the same point, like, yeah, it's great for experience for these guys in a knockout tournament and something is actually on the line. But at the end of the day, it's just, it's hard to get me involved, especially tonight's game. It starts at 9.30. I'm in bed already for an hour. Like, I'm, yeah, I, I'm not doing yeah. it. Like, and I know that my schedule is a bit different, you know, than everybody else's, but I'm just... I don't know. I find myself hard pressed to to get interested in it. But if it did mean Giassi coming back, then I'm all in for that. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's where I am too. So Gold Cup, I don't mean to throw a wet blanket on all that. I'm I'll be excited for it when we get to the later rounds. Hey but- man, if you're interested in the gold cup, more power to you. Right? Yeah. This Whatever is, you not- want to get interested. I'm not here to poo-poo anybody's interest. I'm just saying my personal thoughts on it. Yeah. And and we already watched a US roster full of World Cup likely call-ups take on one of Mexico's best rosters they've put together and the U.S. found a way and beat them Mm -hmm. like that's the biggest event for U.S. soccer this summer the gold cup it's also like this makes CONCACAF happy and I hate CONCACAF so yeah I don't know what to do about my feelings on this I don't like CONCACAF but I love the U.S. national team I want them to win I want Jossie Zardes back for the crew though as soon as possible and I want all these other players healthy too I'm like yeah, get Aloy Room back, get everybody back, like, as soon as possible, let's go. Obviously, I know he's got some difficulties there with uh, mm-hmm. the country he plays for. They're, they had their issues with COVID. They so. had to literally pull out of the tournament. That's pretty wild. Yeah, yeah. So that that's we're not rooting for that necessarily, but um, right. hey, while we're here, get vaccinated. Don't be... All right, anyway, enough of that. Don't tell me what uh, to do with my body, Bone. <laughs> I'm going to jam it in your eyeball. That's what I'm going to do. Hey, you man, can't I'm be sick, I'm so Beamer. excited to spit in your mouth. I mean... <laughs> We don't That's have really anybody the only the reason station. I got vaccinated. So. Everybody's everybody's we, we don't have any other staff. We need you here. You cannot get sick. <laughs> no one's allowed to get sick. I was mm-hmm. sick and they were all yelling at me. Why do you get sick? I didn't mean to. All right. That's it for us. Enjoy the uh, Buddha beers or whatever mm-hmm. beers you're drinking this week. And we're going to take next week off because we hate the gold cup. Yeah. Or, or because <laughs> no, <laughs> not because of that, just because we're both out for some time next week. So, We will see you in two weeks. Thanks again for listening to Bone and Beep United. We'll catch you next time.